Today, you are going to get a front row seat to the incredible breakdown of how the Springboks beat Tonga at the Rugby World Cup. I'm going to be joined by a fellow rugby YouTuber, Peter Rugby Eater. Peter, welcome to Front Row Rugby. Hi, thank you, Peter. Thank you for having me. It's a great pleasure being with you to review the Springboks versus Tonga. It's my pleasure to have you here. So, Peter, let's begin with the Tongans, all right? I think it would be worth us acknowledging that they put in a very, very strong performance last night. I thought it was their best performance of the tournament to date. What did you think? Yeah, definitely. I think they came with the physicality. It's a pity they didn't play like this in the previous games against Ireland and Scotland. Um, but like I said, I think I, uh, uh, Tonga, they basically came together during this World Cup period. Whereas with the bigger teams, they maybe have camps before the World Cup, but I think going forward, Tonga, they're actually very strong. I think they might um, give Romania a big hiding in the next game. In the opening 15 minutes, the Tongans gave the Springbok defence a real proper examination. Uh, they were certainly on our try line and we had to do a lot of good defensive work to keep them out. How pleased will Jock Ninaba be with the workout, do you think? No, definitely. Like I previously said, the physicality, that um, Tonga brought to this game. It's a good uh, measuring the spring box for what's ahead in the knockout, knockout rounds. Um, many people would say that the box having a bye wouldn't be so good to them. But then again, obviously being bruised by Tonga, they got a week to rest. But I think this was good preparation for the spring box leading into the quarterfinals against either New Zealand or France. <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I think it's best to have that week off. I think the draw has actually suited us in that sense. Um, so speaking of the Tongans attacking us and us doing some really good defensive work, we recovered nicely from that and we had a nice 21-8 lead at halftime. A lot of people will be talking about Andre Pollard and his overall performance. What did you make of him? Man, Andre Pollard, he's just someone that you feel safe with Pollard, you know. <laughs> um, him being out for so long, you would have thought that he might be rusty. But I think he did well, even on, on defense, he did very well. I was just concerned the fact that he took up the ball a lot in contact. Um, I wouldn't have actually, if I were the captain, wouldn't allow him to take up that much contact. But he came, he played for the full 50 minutes and he looked pretty good. I think that there's definitely competition between Pollard and, and um, Mandelibok for the starting number 10 position in the Springbok team. But Pollard, he was magnifique in this, in this game, I have to say that. So I have to ask you then, what are your thoughts on the whole Pollard, Marnie Lebok and goal-kicking debate? <laughs> Man, I love Marnie Lebok, um, but obviously he does have an issue with his goal-kicking. What I understand, there's not a kicking coach in the Springbok camp. Uh, maybe if there were a, spring, a kicking coach in the Springbok camp, then that person would have worked with Marnie. But, um, but I think with Pollard there, it will maybe spur Marnie on to become better. And as you've seen, when Mane came on, he actually kicked all his kicks. So having Pollard there might be motivation for Mane Lebok to do well. But like I said, Pollard, he brings experience, he, he brings a calmness to the Springbok team. And if you have that calmness, then the, the, the team will be better going forward, especially in the knockout rounds of this World Cup. Okay, Peter, I'm appointing you Springbok coach for the quarterfinals. Who's your starting fly half? Sure. I would think if the boss go with a... 5-3 split, I would say. I would definitely start with, with um, Pollard. I'd have Mane on the bench. Maybe as well, if the boss go with a 6-2 six, six, split, I would maybe still have Mane on the bench because Mane can also cover uh, fullback as well. He's quite uh, fast on, on attack as well. But I would start with Pollard going into this knockout rounds. 
Do you really know your rugby? Do you always get your predictions right? Why not make some money then? Open an account right now with Tic Tac Bets and get up to 2,000 Rand and 20 spins with your first deposit. The link is appearing on your screen and I'll also put it in the description area. Please note that this is an affiliate link and I will make a little commission on it. Winners know when to stop. National Responsible Gambling Program, toll-free helpline 0800-006-008. No persons under the age of 18 years are permitted to gamble. Another position that people have been talking a lot about is hooker. We saw Dion Ferry last night put in a solid performance, man of the match as it turns out as well. Mostly found his jumpers as well. Had a good game overall. Did he do enough to make us feel comfortable that he's coming on when Bongium Bonambi is coming? Off. I would say so, yes. Dion Fury's overall play is, is very good, the general play. Obviously, people were very worried of his line throws. And as you mentioned, that he did quite well last night. So I would feel comfortable for Dion Fury, as well as his work over the, the ball at the breakdowns. I think he won a couple of turnovers. And that's actually what you need, having Malcolm Marsh not being the team, because Malcolm Marsh brought that um, dimension as well. So I, I, I would feel better... Um, after seeing Jun performing last night, so I feel quite confident that he will do well for the Springboks coming on for Bongi late in the matches. Yeah. Another position that people will be talking about is eighth man, Jasper Visser versus Dwayne Vermeulen. Where do you stand on that? Whew, that's a coin toss. Um, Jasper Visser is a very abrasive ball carrier, um, whereas Dwayne Vermeulen, like I like previously mentioned, experience is very important, especially with those knockout games. But I would prefer maybe having Visa at number eight. But it's very tight. It's, it's a very tight call to call. But I would say Jasper Visa being younger, uh, maybe having more positive influences on the game. But Dwayne, he brings that calmness as well and that experience. But I will go with, with, with Visa. Okay, guys, if you're enjoying this interview with Peter Rugby Eater, I'd encourage you to go and check out his YouTube channel. He's a fellow rugby YouTuber, and he does some really, really good work, some great analysis, lovely insights, really strong opinions, and it really is a very good channel for you to go and check out. I'll put a link for you in here as well, so you can go and have a look at that, and I do strongly encourage you to go and check out his channel. Um, Peter, let's talk a little bit about the Springboks' overall performance last night, because it wasn't really a starting 15 or a first choice starting 15 that we saw not really a second side or either more like a a 1.5 team so given what happened how much can we really read into that performance yeah the box played well but it wasn't a perfect game there was a few areas i think the box can work on facing point will be in the first minute where marvin Ari missed the kickoff that led to the first penalty to tonga um, but after, afterwards he, he recovered you know but i think the box they they basically will need to work on a couple of things. Um, the discipline as well. They gave a couple of penalties that kept Tong in the game, as well as defense. There's a couple of defense um, mishaps they had as well. But it wasn't a perfect game. It was a good game, a good workout for the box, but not perfect. So, but this being the second team, we can forgive the guys, you know. Um, I know that there is a team behind this team that are stronger, that are maybe more experienced, and that will do it much better job coming to the quarterfinal stages or hopefully also semi-final stages if the Springboks um, overcome the quarterfinals. We saw last week Rassi Erasmus especially was talking about the team taking opportunities or not taking opportunities and he was at pains to point out that it's not just the goal kicks but it's also when we're in the 22 and not taking try scoring opportunities for example. Again last night I mean it's difficult to criticize a team that scored seven tries but you do feel like 
when you look at the Scotland match, the Ireland match last night as well, and again, like we said, it wasn't really the first team that was in action. But something that concerns me is us not really executing as well as I think we could. Would you agree with that? No, 100%. I think the conversion rate within the 22 is not that good. Um, so, uh, basically, I heard some people say over X or over Twitter that having Pollard in the team, the box won that sharp on attack. But if you go to the previous games with Ireland as well, the conversion rate in the 22 is not what it should be. I would think that the Springboks, they are obviously a big physical team. They take the ball up in the, in the tight spaces of the game. But an, an improvement that they should work on is basically just to be more clinical within the 22 of the position. Because if you look at playing against a France, maybe in the quarterfinals, you would need to be very clinical in that area, in the danger zone, in the red zone, and score your points and score tries if they're on. Okay, I know that it's unlikely, but there is a scenario that could see South Africa still eliminated from this Rugby World Cup. It would mean something insane like the following. Scotland would have to beat Ireland by 21 points. They would have to secure a bonus point for tries scored in doing so. And Ireland themselves would have to get a losing bonus point. Almost certainly it wouldn't be by, obviously not the seven points, but it would be by scoring four tries themselves. So Scotland would have to win something like 45-21. That would mean Scotland top the pool and then Ireland knock South Africa out on the head-to-head rule. As I say, it's very unlikely, but how nervous do you think the box will be this week? <laughs> I'm very nervous. Look, if you go with, with football, with FIFA soccer, they normally have the last pool games where all the teams they play on the same day at the same time because then they don't have this, this worry or this risk, basically. I, I had a comment from Jean de Villiers last night at the post-match where he actually mentioned that the only way the Springboks might be kicked out if it's match-fixing. <laughs> but obviously, I don't believe that will happen. I think Ireland themselves, Ireland will, will need to uh, choose a very strong team because they themselves aren't guaranteed of going through. So I would say Ireland, they will go out for the win. And if Ireland win this game, then the Springboks are definitely through. But having said that, Scotland, they are very dangerous. But I don't see Scotland scoring a, a high score against, against Ireland. That's highly unlikely. And the good news uh, for all our viewers, Peter, is that Scotland haven't beaten Ireland since 2017. So I think we'll be okay. That's right. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> hey, if you're enjoying this video, why not consider becoming a patron? You can click on my Patreon link. I'll put it on the screen as well as in the description box. And there will be great benefits for members. Let's get back to the interview. Let's uh, talk a little bit about the officiating at this Rugby World Cup to date. Again, we saw last night there were some incidents. I want to particularly single out Augustine Pulu's tackle on Makazole Mapimpi. And we've heard that uh, he's got a fractured cheekbone. So that could actually be the end of Mapimpi's World Cup, which is really sad. But just in terms of the actual tackle, we saw that there was clear head contact. Okay, And we've seen at this tournament, and it has been inconsistent, that some of these tackles where there's been head contact have resulted in yellow cards, and then the bunker upgrades it to a red card. We've also seen some of these that have been yellow cards, and then they've stayed yellow cards. And then we've seen some of these incidents, as we saw last night, where there's head contact, and there's no action at all from the referee other than a penalty. What is going on? Because it seems so confusing. And I'm just thinking, for someone who's new to rugby, it must be incredibly difficult to understand what's going on. Because I'll be honest with you, I've been watching rugby for 30 years, and I feel like I don't know what's going on here. Yeah, no, definitely. I think it's very inconsistent uh, what's happening. 
definitely what I noticed is that head to head contact, my feeling was that whenever a player con has contact with other players' head, that automatically is a yellow card. That's what we got now coming coming forward so far in this World Cup. Unfortunately, last night that didn't happen. I can also point out the incident with um, Eben Itzabit when the when Charles Piatau went up for the ball, he then jumped into Eben, and Luke Pierce actually had the audacity to ask, is this yellow? And then the, the bunker left, then I took talking out of it because that was clearly not a yellow card offense. So there's very much inconsistencies, and I hope all the rugby sorts this out because it might do damage to the game of rugby especially at the stage we have neutrals watching and people that doesn't watch rugby like the way we watch rugby, they might be turned off by this. But I think they need to sort out those inconsistencies from them. Absolutely. Peter, quick uh, prediction for the quarterfinals. The Springboks probably will play the host nation France, but we could still play the All Blacks. We'll see what happens. Do you think we win our quarterfinal either way? Oh, most definitely. Most definitely. Springboks to win by three points. I like that. I like that a lot. Peter, let me say it was lovely having you on Front Row Rugby today. An absolute pleasure. And I really hope that you'll come and visit us again in the future. No, thank you very much for the invitation. It was great having a chat with you and, and connecting with a fellow YouTuber. And if you invite me, I will definitely come back on. Thank you very much, Peter.